o'clock. Stay tuned now for Jennifer Stone and Cover to Cover. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. Mm, this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throne today. Is the eleventh? I think it's the eleventh. Oh God, my mind is spinning. I haven't slept much the last couple nights. I ah ha 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 ha. Truth is stranger than fiction. I think it was night before last. I was listening to the radio at four in the morning, um, and that's when I heard that the little girl, the little girl who has died, was born on. Uh, Born on 9-11-2001. She was born the day that the Twin Towers and the other uh, buildings were hit. i I been walking around with that rattling in my head, and I finally just uh, collapsed. I, I think, hmm, I think it's back to poetry. There are some things that, you know, it gets to the point where you can only say the most obvious, ordinary things. Uh, and, of course, everybody's saying them and saying them and saying them, you know. How dare they cut off money for um, mental health? Uh, when, of course, <laughs> it has been the cause, you know. Reagan, Reagan did it. That's it. Oh, I remember, right. I was working, actually, in uh, psychiatric. I remember at the time. I just kind of quit. Reagan came to office and decided to um, close the uh, mental health care places. I, I, I remember at the time we we said, "Well, we will call we will call Berkeley the the open ward." Yes, it's the open ward. Anyway, I want to begin today with a um, poem. You can find it. I wanted to read something you can go and look up and share with uh, your students. It's in the January 10th issue of the New Yorker, and it's by Frederick Seidel, S-E-I-D-E-L. I'm going to read you some of this poem. Uh, he is, uh, what is it, uh, the author of 13 volumes of poetry. Anyway, this is called Rain. And when I left the house this morning, I looked around, and yes, there is rain, all kinds of rain. Rain falls on the Western world, the coldest spring in living memory everywhere. Winter 
In mid-May means the darling buds of May uncurled on the ice-cold morgue slab, smilingly shaking loose their beautiful hair. London rains every day anyway. Paris is freezing its May. But Rome is cold. Motorcycles being tested at the factory north of Milan. It's gray. Victims scream in place, can't get out, won't get sold. It's the recession. It's very weird in New York. Teen vampires are the teen obsession. Rosebud mouths who don't use a knife and fork. Germany at first won't save Greece, but really has to. It's hot, hot in parts of Texas, but rain drowns Tennessee. People die. It's the euro. It's the Greek debt. Greece knew it had to stop lying, <laughs> but they're Greeks. Greeks lie. Canoeing in the Ozarks. The rain came down so hard the river rose 23 feet in the pre-dawn hours and roared. Came the dawn there was improbably a lifeguard. There was a three-legged dog. The jobless numbers soared. Dreamers Woke in the dark and drowned with time to think, This can't be true. Incomprehensible is something these things do. They bring the Dow Jones into the Ozarks, and the Ozarks into the EU. A raving flash flood vomits out of a raindrop. The Western world is in the ICU. Entire trees rocket past. One wouldn't stand a chance in the canoe. A three-legged dog appears. Then the guy it belongs to. You instantly knew you'd run into a hillbilly backwoods crazy itching to kill you. Berlin... And Athens, as the western world flickers, look up blinking in the rain, lick the rain and shiver and freeze. They open black umbrellas and put on yellow slickers and weep sugar like honeybees dying of the bee disease. I don't know... That's a poem by Frederick Seidel, and I've scribbled all over it, all these references. <laughs> He's got it, yes. He's definitely got his finger on the pulse here. Uh, it is closing time in the gardens of the West, that's for sure. Uh, almost all laments these days. There's laments and there's praise songs, and for the most part, um, at this time, we seem to be... Uh, we seem to be just writing laments. Uh, 
So many fascinating things in here, the motorcycles, made me remember James Baldwin going to visit Ingmar Bergman in Sweden. Imagine those two guys together, Baldwin and Bergman. And they went walking in the streets and they listened to all the motorcycles, right? The, the guys, the kids racing around town, roaring on their motorcycles and and they saw the fights breaking out and uh Angmar Bergman looked kind of grim and James Baldwin said, Where will it end? Where will it end all this violence? Angmar Bergman said, It will end with our eating each other alive in the streets, yes, cannibals. Anyway, victims screaming in place, can't get out, won't get sold, as the poem says. Uh, Ice-cold morgue slabs, the recession. Things are weird in New York. They're pretty weird in Berkeley, too. I was walking uh, down Shattuck, uh, the other day, and there was a young man. He had camped out on that little patch of green between the two, uh, between Adeline and Shattuck, and he had a sign there, a cardboard sign on which he had block printed uh, uh, for the cars passing by. He had written, uh, Will work for respect. That one hit me in the solar plexus. Um, anyway, the poem Rain, as I said, can be found in the January 10th issue of The New Yorker. And it is an amazing piece of work. Uh, it hit me right between the eyes. I think we do need today one one poem that I think is an official lament. Let's call it... Uh, a eulogy, um, the country is mourning the latest national tragedy, the most horrific. Uh, I couldn't help but notice how, what is it, how, how, how it's a still a war on women, this feminine thing, uh, the congresswoman and then the little girl, nine years old. I have a little friend who's nine and... I kept thinking of her, and I found a little book I want to give my nine-year-old friend. It's, uh, it's a little book called Hetty, Her First 100 Years. It's a old novel by Rachel Fields. Uh, it's just a long, rambling story about a doll, and it was given to me on my eighth birthday, no, my ninth birthday. Golly, now I can't remember. Let's see, my eighth birthday was two days before Pearl Harbor. My ninth birthday. Think of all the years I've had since then. Anyway, the story, Hetty, Her First 100 Years, is a long, rambling narrative about the adventures of a doll who goes from hand to hand uh she goes through the Civil War, and she has all these adventures, and of course, she lives forever, she survives forever. And when I read the book, I was young, but I I realized that uh, I was mortal, and the doll was going to go on forever, and 
It's a nice little piece of wood. And I got very angry. I remember I smashed a couple of my dolls. Said, there, you see, uh, even dolls don't live forever. I think of it now. Let's see. I've had my share, 77 years. Um, Oh, well, as Jimmy Carter says, life isn't fair. This poem I'm reading you is from... Let's see, September 2001. I want to go back to the time that the little girl was born. The New Yorker, September 17, 2001. And Milos, yes, translated from the Polish by Robert House. Okay, this poem is called In a Parish. Were I not frail and half-broken inside, I wouldn't be thinking of them who are like me, half-broken inside. I would not climb the cemetery hill by the church to get rid of my self-pity. Crazy Sophies, Michaels who lose every battle, Self-destructive Agathas lie under crosses with their dates of birth and death. And who is going to express them, their mumblings, weepings, hopes, tears of humiliation, in hospital muck and the smell of urine with their weak and contorted limbs, and eternity close by? Improper, indecent, like a dollhouse crushed by wheels, like an elephant trampling a beetle, an ocean drowning an island. Our stupidity and childishness do nothing to fit us for the sobriety of last things. They have no time to grasp anything of their individual lives. Nor do I, nor do I grasp it, yet what can I do? Enclosed all my life in a nutshell, trying in vain to become something completely different from what I was. Thus we go down into the earth my fellow parishioners, with the hope that the trumpet of judgment will call us by our names. Instead of eternity, greenness, and the movement of clouds, they rise then, thousands of Sophies, Michaels, Matthews, Marias, Agathas, Bartholomews, so that at last... They know why and for what reason. Robert House translated that uh, poem from the Polish. Uh, was written by Czesław Milosz. Uh, an absolutely amazing poem. Uh, made me think of Edna St. Vincent Millay's poem, about the loss of all her friends, you know, the poem that ends there, gone 
to feed the roses. And then she says, uh, more beautiful uh, to me was the light in your eyes than all the roses in the world. Uh, anyway, that poem is called In a Parish. I think, I think I need to uh, write a long essay soon about what it is we're trying to do here in America, what it is to be a progressive at this time in history. Uh, obviously, what's left of the left is not handling itself very well. Need to make some changes, folks. Uh, once again, I heard on the radio today that... Uh, <laughs> the state budget. Yeah, we're going to cut education. <laughs> yes, we don't need the schools anymore. Close the libraries wall. We're at it. Uh, makes perfect sense to me. Uh, of course, if we go back a couple centuries, most of us remember, uh, or we have read, that the founding fathers, oh, say, John Adams and Tom Jefferson, they suggested that in order to have a democracy, we would have to educate the people. Now, they didn't put anything about this in the Constitution, but they wrote state constitutions. Uh, <laughs> there's a guy at the University of Texas, the University of Texas Law School in Austin, Texas. Sanford Levinson is a professor there, and he took the time to write a letter to the New Yorker reminding people <sighs> that we're supposed to educate the populace so that they will know how to, what is that, how to rule. We, the people, must rule our nation. Not corporations, but we, we the people. He reminds us that the oldest state constitution uh, was, let's see, the Massachusetts Constitution drafted by John Adams in 1780. Okay, that's 230 years. Well, not so long ago. <laughs> um, this is a charming, this is a charming uh, excerpt from the Massachusetts State Constitution drafted by John Adams. He wrote, Wisdom and knowledge, as well as virtue, diffused generally among the body of the people, being necessary for the preservation of their rights and liberties. And as these depend on spreading the opportunities and advantages of education in the various parts of the country and among the different orders of the people, it shall be the duty of legislators and magistrates in all future periods of this commonwealth to cherish the interests of literature and the sciences and all seminaries of them. There you go. That's John Adams telling us what we need to do. It is true that Tom Jefferson wrote somewhere that the tree of liberty must be uh, watered with the blood of tyrants from time to time. That seems to be the favorite quote on the uh, lips of some of our more uh, violent uh, reactionary types. But uh, the truth is you have to begin 
with uh, an informed citizenry. Sad, sad, sad. Uh, I don't know. I guess most of us are, uh, what is that, having a kind of a, I've gone into a kind of back to the drawing board mode. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, I thought that it was worth our time to, you know, write plays, use the arts to teach people things. The Elizabethans did that, you know. They wrote plays and poems and stories and essays, and they used these uh, these bits and pieces of literature to spell out uh, a meaningful life, uh, what we call a liberal education. <laughs> yes, liberal arts, they called it, yes. I went to a liberal arts college, and then uh, it turned, what is it, uh, our world turned over, I kind of like to date it, 1980, and... We began having what I call conservative education. Yes, no more liberal education. A conservative education, I guess, means uh, an education, what is that, um, to make you into a good civil servant, uh, to be a wage slave, in fact. Um, Thomas Jefferson thought that it was a very bad idea to work for other people. He believed that we should all be gentlemen farmers on some scale. <laughs> nice idea. Uh, these days, it seems that even a job is a privilege. Uh, in any case, uh, the times, they are changing again. Uh, it isn't just a roll back to the 19th century. Some days it looks closer to, to the 9th century. Uh, I think we have time today. I, I was going to spend more time on uh, the Gulf, uh, but I can't, I just can't look at it. Uh, the truth is that all of our socio-political problems won't matter a damn if we don't take care of our environment. Uh, we are our environment, I keep pointing out to people, but uh, it doesn't seem to matter anymore. What is known doesn't seem to have much effect on what is done. I have a uh, an acquaintance who's telling me that she she's been doing work, you know, on this situation where we're going to try to we're going to try to uh, disempower the corporations. Ho ho, <laughs> you know, uh, corporations are not persons. We need an amendment to the Constitution. Uh, there's a worthy cause for what's left of the left. Uh, we've got to get rid of this uh, corporate tyranny. There we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, I wanted to read you just one little piece of... Uh, oh, shoot. No, I don't. Oppressive language has been breaking my heart lately, and I guess... I guess... There isn't too much we can do. Uh, I cut out another New Yorker cartoon this week from years ago, the one where the guys are drunk at a party and they're screaming at each other, define your terms, define your terms. <laughs> and I got out a new notebook and I wrote on the front of it, cauldron, because guess what? Politicians, I heard a pundit using the word cauldron with reference to this recent national uh, tragedy. 
in which we see the chickens coming home to roost. We see the the rise of the sociopath. Of course, now we've always had sociopaths, lots of them. You know how that goes. It's just that nowadays... (laughs) They get they get instant replay and over and over and over. Uh, and it's true, uh, there is a simmering cauldron of violence. I, I heard someone say not too long ago that back in the 60s, when we had a rash of assassinations, things, you know, were good and bad. That is, it was the best of times and the worst of times. That there was... Uh, some joyous quality, some ecstasy, the 60s, uh, and that it took away some of the pain. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, the deaths of uh, John Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, uh, Malcolm X, Martin King, that somehow or another there was some some hope. I guess it was uh, bringing about the end of the war, uh, at least there was a, a some kind of notion of shared face, fate. And several people have said that that is missing in the current climate. I don't know the current climate. Uh, I see plenty of compassion along with the cruelty. And there's certainly, uh, what is it, plenty of people who are martyrs, the people who tried to help this recent tragedy, uh, the uh, the efforts of those who who tried to stop the shooter. Ah uh, well, uh, yes, best of times, worst of times. Uh, cauldron, the witch's cauldron. It's so strange. I was born in Pima County in Tucson. It's my birthplace. Back in 1933. That's P I M A, Pima County. <laughs> District 8. And, uh, yes, chickens coming home to roost. Maybe they're vultures. Nemesis, sarcumpants. Uh, Tucson. Tucson, Arizona. I should go, I should take a, a little little drive through the United States. Check it out. See how things are. Uh I got a, a book the other day. A friend of mine gave it to me. It's a uh, it's a copy of a right wing novel. It's called The Turner Diaries, written by Andrew McDonald, and it's full of propaganda, a blueprint for the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, uh, let's see. It's supposed to be a warning, but what it is is a very boring, kind of flat little narrative about a right-wing revolution. <laughs> I tried to think it was funny. I I don't know. Uh, the author is dead now. He was a, a old reactionary. Uh, let me let me read you a few, just a few lines, just for a laugh, folks. Uh, It is all about how to run a right-wing revolution. The bulk of the population, he writes, is too preoccupied with its own problems to shed a tear for victims of racism. 
And then he goes on to write, The biggest fly in our ointment is Northern California. Things are completely out of control there. The general really botched the situation. Serves us right for having anything to do with a conservative. Oh, like all the rest, he was standing behind the door when the brains were passed out. He got a double dose of pig-headedness. This goes on to explain that the general, uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, commander of Travis Air Force Base, uh, somewhere between San Francisco and Sacramento. And the next chapter is all about how to, um, how to assassinate or murder all the Hollywood actors, uh, and then, yes, uh, he says, the American people don't understand that they voted themselves into the mess they're in now. Don't they understand Jews have taken over the country fair and square, according to the Constitution? He goes on and on. Uh, <laughs> this little book is published. It has a Jewish publisher, for goodness sakes. It's $12.00. Comes from Barricade Books in New York. Uh, it is uh, nothing but racist propaganda, but apparently Timothy McVeigh carried it around. Uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, there's always something or someone for mad people to imprint on. It doesn't matter. Um, the media will provide them with the. Uh, what is it? Whatever it is they need. You remember Newt Gingrich was the first one to take Martin Luther King's speeches and turn them around. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air again. I, I will have a spot on the morning show pretty soon, as soon as we get things sorted. Uh, I'll be back here next Tuesday at this same time, 3 o'clock. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy...